Carball shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, hour number two of the show as we broadcast live from New York City, from the Isle of Manhattan. The Isle of Manhattan, that's what they call it. Hey, we're in New York. <laughs> How about that? We're in New York. Uh, we are uh, enjoying the sights and sounds of New York, some more pleasant than others. Uh, something that I did, I, I made a couple observations since I've been, since I've been here. When you, uh, when you go to large cities that are you know, very famous, like, for instance, L.A., you go to L.A. and you go and you go down to Hollywood Boulevard, you're going to see the Stars, you're going to see the Kodak Theater, you're going to see the uh, Man's Chinese Theater, and you're going to see whatever. Uh, everything in L.A. is smaller and stinkier. All right, everything in L.A. is smaller and stinky. It smells like whatever. It smells like urine. It smells like booze. It smells like cigarettes, whatever, and smaller. Uh, in New York, everything's bigger and stinkier. That's what you need to know, all right? So there's that. And then also there's the moniker. <clears throat> uh, it's a city that never sleeps. Uh, New York does sleep. It just doesn't sleep very well. Uh, and I could speak that because uh, all night long you have sirens, <laughs> you have stuff going on. It's not. If I'm not mistaken, because we're only going to be in New York for today, I think. Do we have our uh, our New York broadcast theme song ready to go? Can we go ahead and hit that, uh, Vern? Let's go ahead and hit that. This is our brand new uh, New York, New York theme song on the Rob Carson Show. Enjoy, and a special guest joins us on the other side of this. Done by Jim Gossett, ladies and gentlemen, exclusively on the Rob Carson radio show as we broadcast live from New York City for Newsmax Broadcasting. Start spreading the news. They call that posting the intro. Rob Carson's in town. I'm the postmaster general. Broadcasting from the heart of it. New York, New York. I'm in New York. Yes, Rob's paid his dues. Hear that, those guys on the kickball team? You can't keep him down. Who wouldn't choose me in sixth grade? I'm in New York. at Newsmax who started it here in New York. Rob wants to shake up this fine city that never sleeps. Because his radio show has taken big leaps. Believe it or not, I didn't write this. His political views, they are winning the day. His show don't miss one part of it from old New York. I think we need a kick line. If Rob can take it there, he'll take it anywhere. That sounds kind of weird. I love this song. I don't like the line, Rob will take it anywhere. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show, guys. I hope you're enjoying what we're doing here in New York. Joining us a special guest, the first Brigadier General I've ever had on my show. Uh, retired Brigadier General Blaine Holt joins us. He's also a Newsmax contributor, political pundit, tech expert, among other things. Welcome to the show. It's absolutely a pleasure to be with you. Right? i got to tell you, um, years ago when my son was four years old, I remember we were walking through um, Reagan National Airport, and I saw a gentleman in fatigues, <clears throat> and I walked up to him, and I just thought he was, I thought he was a soldier. I, didn't know, I don't know the co codes and the medals and all that. And I walked up, and I said, sir, I just want to thank you for your service. I said, what is your name? And he said his name was Brigadier General I think it was McConnell, I'm not even sure. And I went, oh, my God. And my son, he said, Will, this is a brigadier general. And he was like, wow. 
Brigadier General, that's a, that's a pretty uh, major accomplishment in the military. How long were you in before you uh, before you left the military with such a, an, an incredible position? So I was in 27 years. I'm a product okay. of uh, the University of Georgia ROTC uh, really? detachment and then went oh. on to pilot training from there. Uh, but uh, I will tell you, it was an unlikely <laughs> thing. Was it's it? not a goal I ever sought. It's just something that occurred a, 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 along a, a, a glorious uh, 27 years of service and uh, adventures. You know, it's it's interesting because we have a lot of people who uh, uh, choose the military for career, and I, and I'm assuming it is very similar to broadcasting, <clears throat> because uh, there are those who uh, who you know you work your way up, maybe you find out this isn't it, you leave, you go to do something else. I have more people who are selling in in my life who started in broadcasting are now selling real estate. Thank you, than are in broadcasting. It, it takes a great deal of time, and you've really got to have a passion for excellent. You've got to be able to pick yourself up when you've been down. So I would assume that, that when you're in the upper, upper echelon and you, you get the G word in your title, what is the percentage of people who make it to that rank when, you, uh, when you're when you in the military? It's, you're in the I, Air Force. Right, I'm in the Air Force. And for Air Force active duty, it'll be A lot like, easier for Air Force people. Just kidding. Every, every Army guy will tell you that. So will the Marines. <laughs> the simple pallets. But the, uh, the, uh, it's yeah. about less, just a little less than 1%. So you, you make it to Brigadier General. You would mention, and I, I, I'm, the reason why I'm bringing this up and not current events is because I find this more fascinating. And, and I hope you will excuse me because I don't get to lead, my, meet a lot of Brigadier Generals, particularly Brigadier Generals who are around my age or a little younger. It's pretty, what have you done with your life? Well, how have I failed? Uh, but anyway, um, what have you piloted? I mean, so I'm curious. I started out my career as a T-38 uh, fast jet instructor pilot, advanced portion okay. of okay. Uh, of pilot training. And then I went into uh, heavy airlift, flying our C-141. We retired that jet. Wow. Uh, and then I went on to our C-17, the workhorse That's the big of the one. Air Force. That's the big one. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I call it the Millennium Falcon. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was honored to be the 80th pilot in that program. We only had four of them when I got there, and uh, and it has performed marvelously well. It was where I had my first combat command, 16th Airlift Squadron, Charleston, and uh, and then I would go on to other things. What tours have you served? Uh, you were in uh, Operation What? So <laughs> Operation Everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we had we had WW Kosovo, WW Bosnia. Wow. We had Mogadishu. We had. Were you the uh, guy that flew in and corkscrew landed with Hillary Clinton on the plane in such a dangerous area? I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely know that guy. I know that crew. It was my squadron that did no that kidding. when I was a captain, and uh, and. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, my combat command was in Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia during a period of revolution. Wow. Uh, and uh, not too many colonels can say they installed an interim leader, but I did. Wow. And, uh, uh, can you do it in the United States? Uh, you know, that's a thought. That's a thought. <laughs> By regulation, I can't speak to that. But, uh, of course, yeah. of course. Um, you had mentioned that your, your expertise now in the uh, private sector is uh, tech and whatnot. Explain that real quick, because I've got some questions I want to ask you about what's going on with the FBI, what's going on with sure. uh, big tech go ahead absolutely so i wanted to get into business and uh supply chain logistics is uh my core background uh after aviation uh I i'm working on a software company that's actually got some really neat predictive abilities to harden and repair supply chains which i think is very valuable well, you call right pete Buttigieg edge because i don't think i think he might even <laughs> need to pull his head out of his rear end so we could hear you but uh, will you please do that oh i wish he'd listen what's going on it's uh, you know, it's 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 crazy because the chains have broken because they were built on this 
just-in-time perfect system. But if you don't have the ability to predict and anticipate risk, geopolitical uh, risk, gotcha. counterfeit risk, then then you could be broken in half as a company overnight. And we saw that in COVID. So now with AI, with machine learning and data science, we have created many novel ways of being able to preempt risk mm-hmm. or just avoid it altogether uh, because you can visualize it. Good. And my wife, I'm glad she didn't have that tech before our marriage because she would have said risk, not worth it. Um, let me ask you this uh, with regard to uh, what's happening with Twitter, uh, what's regard to... And I, and I believe in my heart, I hope in my heart, that this will blow up as big as I think it has because all of the, all of the evidence is pointing toward massive collusion between the federal government, Democrats, left-leaning individuals, the FBI, the DHS, uh, the, uh, the IRS with, uh, with uh, regard to Tea Party. This all started a long time ago. What, are you, uh, what have you learned about this and what do you suppose is going to be discovered? So we have been really... Uh defeated as citizens watching our republic uh, get co-opted by what I called in my recent op-ed the troika of media, the professional politician class, and um, and, and then you've got the, 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 the social media platforms as well. So um, what, what we've seen here, if anything, in the Twitter piece is that our very republic through the co-opting of the First Amendment won Two, the collusion to create effects in our political system and and, and electoral system uh, that we, the people, the the, the supposedly self-governed, haven't signed up for, that sunlight's got to come rushing in because we're going to find bad stuff on both sides. There's illegality. You cannot, as a government, government, use a private agency to quell speech. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. People have to go to jail for this. You'd mentioned it's going to be very hard because we have a very crooked AG. Yeah, well, who, who's yeah, who's minding the hen house here? Yes. Uh, so uh, when when we start to roll this up, the lawsuits start flying. Where did the where does the accountability piece come in? And that's and I, it. I think that's the whole thing for the government over the last two to three years is the lack of accountability as we see these two justice systems play out: one for the elites, and then one for everybody else. We want people to pay. Oh. Pay $600, and then you're going to get a good look over from uh, D.C. Wow. <laughs> it, it really is uh, remarkable. Uh, you have a new piece on uh, Newsmax. Would you mention that real quick? We've got to take a break. But go, or we gotta, we I do. Go. I do. It's, all about, it? it's it? all about this new ground that Elon's forging, and what Whoa. are we going to find out that we didn't know before, but we always speculated? You ought to go to uh, Newsmax.com and certainly get signed up for the newsletter. There are a lot of really great thought leaders on the uh, – it, it is as good of a compendium of thought leaders as anything really that's is. out there. Really It's one of the things we're focusing on. So Newsmax.com, Newsmax.com. General, thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, Real treat to have you on, and we'll do it again, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Rob. And I want you on the plane when I'm flying somewhere (laughs) as somebody who can just step in if we need it. I'll do it. I'm ready. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show as we broadcast live from the uh, shadow of the Chrysler Building in uh, in New York City. Uh, I can it's it's very interesting, uh, you know, as a kid who's just uh, seen New York and and uh, it's just kind of funny to look up there and see the Chrysler Building where I believe Batman actually stood at one point and in a movie, <laughs> and it's right here. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable to be here and to uh, I remember last year when I came here, and um, I'll tell you my my connection you know uh, with the Rush Limbaugh program started when I was uh, right out of college and I started writing for a comedy for Rush, and I remember when he hit New York City and he's this guy from. Missouri, 
Uh, he'd been in radio, talk radio for four years. He was a music jock, and uh, and came to New York City, and uh, and then got discovered. and And I remember because uh, I started writing uh, about two years into his show, for his show, and um, and I, I remember sending packages when I when I would do a piece of comedy, and we're going to play a piece of comedy in a second. We have a Christmas song for Joe Biden in a second. But I remember I used to uh, uh, record my parts on tape, send the tape, print off the script, overnight it to New York, Two Penn Plaza, 17th floor. I one one uh, one oh one two one I believe I can't remember the zip, but I remember sending it there, and it's stuck Two Penn Plaza, 17th floor, for years, and then it became sending an MP3 and a Word file to Johnny Donovan, and my comedy would be produced by Johnny Donovan in New York. So it is. Never lost on me that I am across the street and five floors up from where Rush Limbaugh uh, got his start. And I just feel like, you know, being a guy who lives in uh, now uh, uh, Kansas City uh, and somebody who uh, who wrote for Rush, it's just kind of interesting to uh, attempt to walk in the footsteps of a giant and know that, uh, and, and, and I just, it's funny, I, I kind of find myself imagining what it was like when he came here from San, San uh, Sacramento. He came in from Sacramento, and they brought him in, and they, and they hired him at WABC, and they decided to launch a show there, and there was a lot of doubt about what he was going to be able to do. And, uh, and he hit the ground, and I remember the, the um, bombacity of, of Rush Limbaugh. I was like, my, this guy is so confident and he just walks into a room and he and he hits the mic and he just you know he's not afraid of anything and i know just from knowing rush limbaugh he wasn't all he wasn't all that he had as many uh insecurities as anyone else did but he he one of the things he did brilliantly was that he uh looked at all of the criticism that he was getting with a brave face and every day he approached the microphone um with a positive attitude he liked to call it being a joyful warrior which is for lack of a better cliche what we really have to do uh sometimes sometimes there are times you have to be uh, angry sometimes there are times you need to do this but there are other times you need to you need to digest the information of the day and bring it to the audience so they can understand not only what's going on but how to how to fight against it and i hope that i'm able to do maybe a little of that uh sometimes i I, it happens and sometimes i do a face plant but i think we we need a little christmas interlude this is uh, my little dedication with jim gossett to the mean one mr joe biden let's go ahead and hit that real quick i will do what i best and talk over the ramp until the vocals here we go you're a mean one Mr. Joe, see, I did it again. You clench your fists and yell. In front of that red background, it appeared that you're in hell, Mr. Joe. It's obvious to everyone that you are not well. That you need to go. Strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. You're a mean one, Mr. Joe. MAGA, you attack You call us all fascists and you will not take it back, Mr. Joe Thanks to your incompetence, we're on the wrong track Oh yeah, I'd say we are, You're or a off mean one. Yes. Mr. Joe, <laughs> you never take the blame all you do is slander Donald Trump's good name, Mr. Joe. 
If they don't impeach you, it will be a shame. We will see. We will see. There you go. That is uh, Jim Gossett, two S's and uh, and two T's with regard to uh, a little, little uh, joke. And if, if you want to hear it, you can just go to the uh, podcast. We put all of our uh, our great interviews with guests. We put our satire. We put my commentary on uh, on the podcast. Um, and you can just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast if, like uh, if you'd like to check that out. A um, couple of things I want to – well, there's a lot of things I need to and want to get to. Um, with regard to uh, what's going on in the country. And uh, particularly, like, for instance, last night we found out that Raphael Warnock uh, won the, uh, the runoff election in Georgia. Uh, I think uh, uh, Herschel Walker did a yeoman's effort without the support of the Republican Party. Uh, was he the best candidate? No. Was Raphael Warnock? Dear God in heaven, are you out of your nut? Of course he was. If you think that Raphael Warnock was really a good candidate, really a good candidate, if you did your research, really good candidate, no, he's not a good candidate. I would venture to say he's not a good human being, to be quite honest. But the problem is, as what happened in the midterm election, the Democrat Party spent a billion dollars. They had uh, in- information dominance. Um, and the same thing happened with regard to uh, uh, to Georgia. Um, and they were able to pull off a victory. And as I also mentioned, I'll tell you, the ground game in large Democrat enclaves is incredibly powerful. And they harvest votes, and they hustle, and they do anything they can to uh, get out the vote, and even uh, in some cases prevent people from voting. We'll we'll get to that, uh, but that later. <clears throat> but. Um, if you think that this was, and, and if you disagree, please, if you think this was some sort of a, another referendum on Donald Trump and the future of the party, I would ask that you think about what actually happened before you uh, continue with the conversation, because I do not believe this was a defeat for Donald Trump. Donald Trump went 220 and 20 in the, uh, in the midterms. Uh, I do still believe that uh, Donald Trump is the is the ring you need to kiss as a candidate in in many cases, uh, and I also believe that Donald Trump will be the uh, the candidate in 2024. I do, and it's not uh, it's not because I'm a Donald Trump sycophant. I'll tell you again, it's because Donald Trump is the only candidate. Donald Trump is the only one with the infrastructure and the money. And there were about 70 to 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump and feel like he needs more time in office and what he did is unfinished. There's nothing you're going to be able to take that away. You're never going to be able to take that away from Trump voters. You're never going to be able to demonize Trump enough to make you hate them, and you are never going to convince them that Donald Trump doesn't have more work to do. What he did was pretty amazing, but he has more work to do. So there is is that. Um... Also, I, I'm gonna. I want to get in very shortly. Um, a couple of thoughts on the uh, black voters in the country. What the Democrat Party is offering <clears throat> people of color versus what the Republican Party is uh, offering people of color. And let's not forget that the mainstream media uh, has done everything they can to. Um, uh, tell black voters that the Republican Party is racist and whatnot. And then when they discovered it was not that and started changing to vote Republican, the Democrat Party has done everything they can to destroy that. That's all coming up. Tom Basile from uh, Newsmax coming up also as well. Don't go anywhere. Ah, mm, the first.
first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now, we have FJB. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a Rob Carson show, and I do, by the way, I did get the uh, chrome uh, uh, plates for my truck that say FJB edition. Uh, have you ever seen that? You know, you buy a car, and it's like an XLE or a whatever edition. I literally, and it looks just like the badging on a car, and it says FJB edition. You want to guess? Uh, Tom Basili from Newsmax, would you like to guess who I sent the other one to? They came with two. I only put one on the Bronco, and I sent it to somebody. You might be surprised. Go ahead. Tell uh, me. It is uh, Doug Mastriano, candidate for governor in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. All right. I said I got two of them. He goes, he goes send me one. <laughs> so, how you doing, sir? It's good I'm, to see you. I'm doing great, and it's terrific to be uh, to be on the show with you. Yeah. This is my first time on this program. It and is. You, I, and I, congratulations on all of your success. Thank and you. The show is growing across the country, and you just do a fantastic job. Thank you, my friend. I, I appreciate it. Um, I, I talked to you off the air. Uh, you lived in New York for a number of years, yeah. and you uh, you have moved to Tennessee. This is what we're seeing in places like New York. This is we're seeing this, uh, you know, the people are just tired of the nonsense. Uh, tell me what facilitated, well, I have an idea, but tell everyone what facilitated your move and why Tennessee was your draw. Well, well, first of all, um, you know, COVID communism here in New York. I can't even imagine, uh, dude. My, my wife is a physician. I've talked about this on the air on yeah. Newsmax, and, yep. and our and our and our viewers have been very supportive of, of our family during our transition. Um, she uh, she was a physician here, and it's very very difficult, uh, especially during the vaccine mandates for physicians to practice. There's physician independence is under great threat in places like New York and California and Illinois, yes. and 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 because of that. That. In right where we are right now here in New York City, you're yeah. losing literally thousands of healthcare professionals who are leaving the state of New York because it's too expensive and there are too many regulations to practice quality medicine. So your best doctors and nurses and healthcare providers are actually leaving yeah. places like New York and California. That's a story that a lot of people don't talk wow. about. But that was one of the reasons why we left. Also, you know, because of the high tax climate, and you know, our, our you know, I was paying. Uh, a, through the nose for property taxes, and my kids weren't going to the schools because I didn't want my kids learning that there are 57 genders. Yeah. Okay. So our kids go to Catholic went to Catholic school. So I, w I was I was paying all the taxes, getting none of the benefit, and uh, and my wife certainly deserved deserved to have her uh, her profession and her career as well. I I got to tell you, as uh, a physician, I don't know how you'd stay in California knowing that you have no sway. When it comes to the treatment of your patients and COVID, that's nonsense. That's that is North Korean nonsense, yeah, to the, be quite honest. And the bureaucrats are now threatening the licenses of these doctors. They're getting involved in the in the in the what used to be an inviolable uh, doctor-patient yes. relationship. Yes. Now the government has inserted itself into it. And look, they've used the pandemic to to try to 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 get the national health care or the socialized medicine yes. that they couldn't really get through. Congress. And they're trying to do it 
through other means. Well, it's not going to work because people are going to leave. The states that uh, people leave from are going to suffer. Uh, you may think it's just, uh, you know, conservatives moving out of New York. No, it's, it's movers and shakers and pay, people pay taxes and build sure. stuff and have, you know, and it's, it's honestly, and I, and I hope if you think that uh, abortion is going to pay your gas bill, go right ahead. Go ahead and pay for it with their abortion. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and then real quick, and you, you know, you're, you're obviously married to a doctor. Um, yeah, let me just real check. I need to check something real quick. If you pardon me, here's a real quick. I'm looking at, uh, this is a, uh, I'm keeping a running account of how many women have died in back alley abortions since Roe v. Wade. Hold on one second. And uh, still zero. Uh, it's still zero. It's like we were almost played for 50 years. Isn't that kind of funny, Rob? Isn't it kind of funny, Rob? Kind of, uh, kind of strange. Um, let's, uh, I want to mention a couple of things. I've got a couple of head- headlines. Uh, Ron DeSantis says that states will hold, their state will hold vaccine manufacturers accounting accountable for uh, possible COVID vaccine effects. That's kind mm-hmm. of a big step. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge story. Here's, uh, and by the way, here's what he said. He said, we did a uh, study in Florida, saw 86% increase in cardiac-related activity in people ages 18 to 39 from mRNA shots. By the way, Rod Stewart's 12-year-old son had a heart attack. Yeah, the, the, that just came out. You know, and we talk about the information that is suppressed by big tech, and uh, you know this this is one of the biggest stories. I mean, we've got we've got several of them, right? Where we've been talking about yeah. uh, the Joe Biden corruption cover up, uh, but uh, notice I didn't say Hunter Biden laptop story mm-hmm. uh, we, because mm-hmm. that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about a cover up to a cover up on pay to play and kickbacks to the Joe, to Joe Biden and his family. Um, but this is another another big story where you're seeing a lot of information management. Uh, and and that is doing the postmortem on the pandemic and what the government did, what they did together with the pharmaceutical companies, and 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 whether and and the medical profession, and uh, and how that impacted human health yeah. is uh, is really very significant. Let me let me. I'll just tie it into the the topic, and I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to see if you know the answer, Tom. Here we go. Okay. What do the following things all have in common? Are you ready? Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, questioning 2020 election, questioning electronic voting machines, possible treatments for COVID, including hydroxychloroquine, gender transitioning minor children, vaccine mandates and their side effects, vaccine deaths, the origin of the vaccine, January the 6th, Ray Epps, Ashley Babbitt's murder, the fact that we're in a recession, anything related to the trucker's convoy, Kyle Rittenhouse's (laughs) innocence, the Catholic kids. Uh, I could go on and on. What do they all have in common? What do they all have in common? Those were all manipulated stories. By Boom! The far and they left. were all shut down on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. They yeah. were all taken down. Now, who took them down? There's only one authority that can direct that kind of a movement, that kind of censorship, and that is a, a gov- that is a government. That is a the government is the only agency that can, can create a department of disinformation and decide what that disinformation is. Look, and that's I think you're going to find tentacles in every one of these stories from government. Jennifer uh, Jennifer Say, who who used to be the uh, the CEO of Levi's, and you know that she lost her job yes. because she dared to question California's school lockdown policy during COVID-19. She put it very, very astutely last week when the Twitter files started coming out. She called this what it is. It's fascism. When you have government people with a political agenda, a political party, you have government colluding together with the private sector and people to manipulate and censor information and then make people pay a price for going against 
the yes. their their point of view that is forcible suppression of speech that is the definition of fascism think about this um think about it i and i've uh, talked about this before i posited this uh we have and now i can officially say it is conservative apartheid because it is government sponsored but you know as a conservative the row you hoe as a conservative as a media member, as anybody who's trying to make a living in the public eye, you are blacklisted immediately. I discovered not soon after I started writing for Rush Limbaugh, and my dream was to have Johnny Carson's job. That's what it was. <laughs> and I realized uh, not too far into it that I most probably would uh, not be able to achieve those things as long as I'm associated with him and I'm a conservative. Then I had Oprah Winfrey's people call me when the own network came out about 12 years ago. They said, Rob Carson, you are brilliant. Where have you been all of our lives? And then I find out I was dropped altogether. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened to me when I was in Minneapolis. I wanted to write just some sketches for Prairie Home Companion, which is my favorite show, uh, radio program. It's an NPR show, whatever. I don't listen to NPR, but I wanted to write for him. And they almost laughed me out of the door because they knew yeah. I was writing for Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. We have had a conservative apartheid against people who want to speak, people, opinion makers, actors. Hollywood is void of conservatives, at least outspoken conservatives. You can count them on one hand. And now we know that the federal government was involved in censoring conservative opinion. So I would venture to say that this is apartheid. They weren't just I I complicit in censoring conservative opinion. They were complicit in censoring actual evidence of political corruption at the highest levels of the United States government reached all the way to communist China. Yes. So it's not just you and I, you know, talking out of our head. They censored something that they knew was real and that went directly to the standard bearer of the party. Yeah. And you got to remember, I mean, th and this is one of the things, one of the reasons why I think, and I do believe that people are starting to wake up. Right? Oh, I do too, okay? of course. Because they figured out that anti-white discrimination anti-Asian discrimination, anti-Christian discrimination, and anti-conservative discrimination and political discrimination is now legal in this country. Um, and I am, I am hoping that the, the Supreme Court ruling on the affirmative action, uh, action case, on the Harvard and North Carolina case, yeah. that that is going to be the beginning of, I haven't covered that. Uh, give, yeah. give people a, a sketch, a thumbnail sketch of that case real quick. I have not covered it on the show for those who don't know what you're talking about. So there was just an oral argument in the United States Supreme Court um, where uh, you had some Asian students taking yeah, yeah. Harvard and yes. North Carolina to court. Yeah. It, the universities there saying your, your admissions policy, which is a race-based admissions it policy, is. is discriminatory against, uh, against Asians. And if you look at their methodology, it, it clearly it clearly is. It got all the way up to the Supreme Court, and we're going to get a ruling on that case yeah. on whether or not affirmative action is constitutional uh, over the next six months. That could be a game changer and hopefully gives people a lot more courage to stand up for their rights. And by the way, I'm going to say to all of those who uh, want to leave Donald Trump in the rearview mirror of the party, what you are, what you are hearing in the Supreme Court is his legacy.
is what he created. There is only sure. one man who talked the talk about Roe v. Wade. He was resolute. We've had a lot of people pay lip service to uh, I, uh, to acknowledging Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of people pay uh, lip service to we're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade. One person did it. Mm-hmm. One person did it. And that's why one of the many reasons the left continues to attack Donald Trump, including these idiotic uh, verdicts in the state of New York, which came down yesterday. Yeah, which, which he, he is going to appeal. I don't know how successful he'll be on, on, on appeal. You know, and look, this was a criminal trial. It was a very high bar for the prosecutors to meet, um, and you needed to have, you needed to have a, a unanimous jury. So we'll see what happens. And, and look, I think that your point is, is so true that regardless of what happens in 2024, and this is one of the things that I wish that Donald Trump would really focus on when he talks a little bit more, mm-hmm. is – the good things that he actually did. Yeah. And that legacy on the Supreme Court is will be with us for generations yeah. to come. And it's very, very powerful. Well, we have lifelong appointments. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> Tom, I appreciate you coming in. It's really nice to finally get you on the air and to see you again Th- here. Thank you. Uh, continued success with uh, with Newsmax. Where can people find you on uh, social media, by the way? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at Tom underscore Basili. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Tom Basili. Uh, you can you can find me at TomBasili.com. Um, I'm a columnist for The Washington Times. And, of course, you can find me here at Newsmax um, 11 to 1 Eastern every Saturday. I host America Right Now. Absolutely. Have a glorious uh, Merry Christmas, my friend, and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right, let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. It's an election year, and a whole lot of Democrats have electile dysfunction. That is simply not true. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, broadcasting live from uh, from New York in the uh, the shadow. And now I can't see the Chrysler Building because we have a low ceiling today. Um, it's a it's a kind of a foggy day. There's been a lot of stuff on the uh, in the news today. Some of it we haven't been able to get to because you know we're just blasted busy. And I like busy. I like busy. Busy is cool. Busy is awesome. Um, uh, let's see here. I've got a, I've got a bunch of stories that I need to get to. Um, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Elon Musk is firing a lot of people. Uh, there's a good reason for that, because a lot of people have uh, really screwed up there, and the company's never made any money, and it's been essentially a uh, giant uh, faculty lounge for leftists for many, many years, and, uh, and he is in charge now. One of the uh, groups that he has decided to uh, clean house, uh, janitors. Janitors hired to clean the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco protested after employees were fired. So what they did was um, he fired them. So the uh, janitors decided to go out, and they were uh, they were outraged, saying that uh, Musk is uh, is firing people just three weeks before Christmas. Now I'll just say this real quick: I work in broadcasting, and I have been fired in the most insensitive ways possible. So as far as uh, that is concerned, um, wham, wham, wham. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it stinks. And I'm not saying where anybody gets fired before Christmas. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about people at, at uh, Twitter who abused their privilege, didn't do their jobs, and became tools of the state, losing their jobs. And no, they, they, they didn't have to do anything to make the company profitable, make anything, uh, you know, uh, and be a tool of the government. Those are the people I'm talking about. Being fired before Christmas is miserable. Being unemployed at Christmas is miserable. Let me count the number of times I've been unemployed in the 30 years that I've been in radio. Uh, one, two, 
three, about five. I've been unemployed about five times during Christmas. But uh, but basically what happened was uh, people are getting angry because people are being fired before Christmas. Uh, that's just the way it works. It's more so with with Twitter. And by the way, he is giving those employees uh, a good deal of severance. So it's not being fired before Christmas. You don't stop earning money until the spring. That said, this is uh, according to uh, Olga Miranda, union president for the janitors. Our cleaning contract at Twitter was sold by Twitter. That are told by Twitter they're cutting the contract. So we have 48 families out of work. And it just so happens that it's three weeks before Christmas. This, by the way, the reason why they were let go is... uh, they uh, organized a strike with the rest of the janitors against the firing, saying the company was violating local cleaning regulations. And uh, if you go on strike, Elon Musk basically said, huh, let's see, you're going on a strike that's not approved. You're not going to work. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and fire you. And, and, and I would venture to say, uh, you know, uh, I remember when Ronald Reagan fired the airline uh, air, air traffic controllers. And I was like, "This, are you out of your mind? Um, I would venture to say, uh, when you look at the skill level with an air traffic controller, and nothing against, I've, I've shoveled crap in, on farms and I've done all that, it, it, a little bit easier to replace you, um, a little bit harder to replace airline pilots. I mean, that's all I want to say. I don't want to say, uh, but, uh, but that's just the way it is. Uh, he is changing the way that uh, people work and people think uh, he's asking and demanding. And here's the thing I don't understand. Like, for instance, yesterday I shared the CDC. Eight of ten employees at the CDC have not returned to work. <clears throat> Sooner or later, in the private sector, you're not going to be able to do that forever. In the government, you may be able to get away for with it for a while because a lot of there's an ungodly amount of governor government waste. Uh, uh, there are a lot of people who sit and do nothing at their jobs in the government. The the federal government, I believe, the federal government, and I would and I would venture to say probably also state governments. You could start cutting about twenty percent of the workforce, and it wouldn't be the end of the w- world. Sorry if you're a government employee. You know what I'm talking about. If you are a producer at work and you get a government job, you work your butt off and you go in and you do your job and you go above and beyond the call of duty, but you see people who still are there who do nothing, that half a word, their jobs. I've worked in union jobs, <clears throat> limited time. I worked for my dad's company when I was in college. And I saw the same thing going on, the same modus operandi. Union members who were there, they had a contract, and they chose to take the long breaks. They chose to not do as much work. They chose to say, you know what, uh, you just, just take an extra coffee break. You're okay. We don't, we're not in a hurry to get anything done. We're going to have to get to a point with regard to the federal government that if you don't go back to work, if you're not in the office, you're going to lose your job. That's what uh, Elon Musk is doing at Twitter, as well as just firing people who've never done their jobs and never made the uh, company profitable. We've got to take a break. Come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. 
EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. 